0: Log Talk Radio. And uh...
1: Good morning, everybody, out there in listener land. And thank you for joining me on this fantastic Monday morning for another episode of The Real Score. I am your host, as always, Mr. Mike, and I am going to take you through a hideous journey once again today through the sports universe. Now, I'm sure most of you that are listening, all the three or four people that are listening, um, still have that uh, Sunday night football hangover going on. But don't worry, I'm here for you. Two one five three eight three three six eight seven is the number to call into the show. I'm gonna be your sports therapist for this morning. Okay, anything you want to talk about, you just let me know. Consider me your doctor, your sports doctor. Come sit on my couch. Let's talk. Pour your heart out. You want to cry? Okay, don't cry, cause I'll hit the dump button really fast. I don't want any criers on my show. But feel free to call in, guys. Um, again, that number is 215 383 3687. That is the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. Or you can shoot me an email to the show. Email is realscoreradio at gmail.com. Um, I want to start off in the NFL. Uh, for those of you that tuned in last night, um, which, let's be honest, is probably one or two people um, that tuned in last night for my Pack Attack Backtrack show, the Packers Post Game Breakdown. Um you heard the ugly rant that I went on last night. So I'm not gonna get too much more into that. Um I feel like I pretty much covered everything. But um after listening to the show myself last night and kinda, you know, critiquing myself, I realized that um I really even though I said I wasn't gonna give the defense a pass, um I really did. And uh, that's not what I meant to do. Um I, I want to correct a couple of things that I said last night. Um, you know, I had said last night that I was tired of hearing the excuses and well, there's injuries on the defense, you know, and, and that's not why they're playing poorly. Well, that, that is why they're playing poorly. Don't get me wrong. Um, but what I meant by that was not that I'm putting it on the players. Okay. The injured players. And I'm not putting it on Dom Capers necessarily, because like I said, I, I feel like Dom Capers wants to run, a certain kind of defense, but he can't given the talent he has. I'm, I'm more putting that on the organization as a whole. Um, I mean, we've seen Ted Thompson at least try to supplement the, you know, banged up running backs group um, with some waiver pickups. You know, I mean, just the most recent one in Christian Michael, um, and then the trade for Niall Davis, which I think we're all confused by. But um, I mean, he's tried you know, for that running back position. We know we need it, um, and he's, he's tried to go out and do something. Unfortunately, you know, the guys he's picking up, they're they're not, you know, getting playing time, you know. Um, and hopefully that, that'll come. Hopefully that'll change. But, I mean, he's completely ignored the cornerback spot since, I mean, we lost opening day starter Sam Shields and Demaryius Randle. And, I mean, I don't think either one of them are, I mean, maybe Demarius Randall can come back, but the damage is done. You know, I mean, there there may be a chance that that Randall can come back, you know, Monday night. But I honestly, I mean, the, the damage is done already. Um, the defense is a problem; it's definitely a problem. Um, I certainly didn't mean to give the impression last night that I thought that that the offense was the sole issue, because I think it's, I think the offense is the main issue. Um, because I think that for the most part, other than the running back position, you do have healthy, talented players on offense that we've seen play very well in the past. Um, and I think that the offense um, has been the one that uh, seems to play well for a while and then really poorly for the other part of the game. And that's what kind of makes me say, you know, I. Eh, I just can't – I can't put all the blame on the defense. A lot of the blame goes on the defense, believe me. But I can't put all the blame on the defense because we, we've seen the offense put up 30 points, and then we've seen them come back in the second half and put up three. So we know that the offense can play well when things are going right. But it, it's it's getting to that point of making things go right and creating opportunities that, that's just not happening in my mind. Um, again, 42-24 loss last night. Um, the Redskins, you know, pretty much the same story as last week. No, no energy, no emotion, Um, you know, little to no urgency, really no creativity. Um, You know, same thing. Defense just riddled with injuries. I mean, you know, what are you going to do at that point? Dom Capers, like I said, is just kind of doing what he can with what he has. And uh, there's just no urgency on Ted Thompson's part to fill those holes on defense. You know, he keeps getting these running backs that aren't playing, but just, just refuses to address the, the defensive issues that we're having. Um, and again, you know, we're lacking that, that vocal motivated leader to the, for these young players. And, you know, like I've said before, if, if you've got a draft and develop mindsets in the NFL, that's fine, but, but you need to have that veteran leadership. Because that's how you develop, okay? Reps are great, and, and practice is great, and you know, uh, film is great, and, and game time is great. This is all great stuff, but you need to have that veteran presence, that vocal leader, like you had in Charles Woodson, okay? You need that to help these young guys develop, you know? If, if, if for nothing else, to develop their character a little more. Because it's, it's just not happening. Um, You've got to give some credit to the Redskins. I mean, obviously, they wanted it more. You know, it's a home game for them. It's a big game for them. Um, you know, they are still kind of in the race in their division. I mean, the Cowboys are starting to run away with it. But um, they could, I think, present a problem for the Cowboys um, because it's a rivalry. You know, it's a division game. Um, it's a rivalry. And and you can tell, you could see it clearly as the game went on last night that the Redskins became more and more comfortable in their own skin. And they became more and more confident as the game went on. And that is a team, I'm telling you, that's really dangerous. That as the game goes on, they start feeling better and better and better. And it could be tough. Cowboys could have their hands full. You know, Cowboys played the Ravens yesterday and boy, I mean I just I, I keep I keep saying it and I hate saying it but the Cowboys are no joke. Right? I mean, I did not expect this. I really didn't. I really didn't expect this. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott he I don't want to say he came out of nowhere cuz obviously he did. He's been a stud running back his entire adult life, but um, man, they have really put it together and they're, they're just, they're clicking. I think their secondary is suspect on defense, but they can be, you know, Dallas is showing that they can make a couple little mistakes here and there on defense and still beat you because it's, it's almost starting to look like in order to beat Dallas, you need to be playing mistake free football. And so far, that's just not happening. Now, I think I think Baltimore could have beat the Cowboys. I think they can. Um, I think if they played ten games, Baltimore wins five. You know, I think it's that kind of a matchup. But you know, give the Cowboys credit. It's it's a a, a, a gritty win. You know, and they're showing that, you know, for such a young team, or for for a team that's young that's led by such a young um group of players uh they're showing that they they there's a lot of maturity there so far um they are getting it done in the spots that they need to you know and that's the bottom line when the game's on the line they're making plays even the young guys so give them a lot of credit i mean i like you said i hate saying it but i mean you got to give them credit you really do you know and tony romo I'll tell you something. If, if Tony Romo's quote unquote concession speech didn't make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, I don't know what will. I mean, really, I've got big respect for that guy, big respect for that guy. And for those of you that know me, um, this is probably the first time you've ever heard me say something like that because I, I, I'm not a big, huge fan of Tony Romo. I think he's a good quarterback, but I'm just not a big fan of his. Um, mainly because I'm jealous that he's, you know, he was dating Carrie Underwood for a time. And, and Tony Romo was from Burlington, Wisconsin, which is right down the road from where I'm from. So to have someone from Burlington, Wisconsin, be dating Carrie Underwood. I mean, why would I not hate the guy? You know, it could have been me. I mean, Carrie, if you're listening I'm married now. I I can't be talking like that. Sorry. To my wife who won't listen to the show, I'm sorry. But Tony Romo, big, big respect. Big respect for Tony Romo. That took, um, I don't care if it was his decision to come out and say that um, or if it was forced upon him. Either way, um, it takes some serious stones and it takes some serious, you know, humility to do something like that to know that your role, at least for the rest of this year, is going to be to stand on the sideline with a clipboard. And do I think he's fine with that? No, I don't. And I think that the big key uh, to look at in his speech was when he said that the fire now burns hotter than ever inside of him to compete. And I think that was a message to other teams, possibly looking for a quarterback like Tony, saying, hey, come get me. Um, I can kind of sense a... Mm, a Cincinnati Bengals, Carson Palmer situation here. And that could be kind of scary for Tony Romo because Tony's still under contract and he's under contract for a couple more years, I believe. And even though he's going to want out of that contract, I don't know if Jerry's going to let him out. Now, Jerry is a big fan of Tony's. Um, And I think Tony is a pretty big fan of Jerry's. So being that there's that mutual admiration there, I could be wrong. But I think I think that Jerry wants to hang on to Tony because um, if you look back, it's the Cowboys have been burned before like this. Um, I mean, every team gets burned like this. You know, they make a big change and it comes back to bite them. And, and you know, you don't want that to happen. So I feel like Jerry really wants to hold on to Tony, even though Tony may not want to, you know, stay there. He, he and who can blame him? You know, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. You would hope that it doesn't turn into, you know, like I said, another call Carson Palmer, you know, Cincinnati Bengals debacle where, you know, ownership just refuses to let him go. And he says, oh, fine. I got $80 million in bank. I'll retire. Why not? I'll go fishing and hunting the rest of my life. Who cares? You know, which in hindsight would have been a good decision because, boy, Carson Palmer is off the mark right where he left off last season, right? Good Lord. Whew. Vikings Cardinals, 30-24 Vikings. Vikings stopped their losing skid, which is bad news, bad news for the Green Bay Packers friends.
0: No, God! No, God, please, No! No! No!
1: No! That's right. Vikings won. Lions won. Bad news for the NFC North, for the Packers and the NFC North. But yeah, Vikings hang on. They hang on to a, a tie of the NFC North lead with the Lions. Um, I mean, they gave up 263 first half yards. The Minnesota Vikings gave up 263 first half yards, guys, and they gave up 38 yards in the next 28 minutes. So huge halftime adjustment, and and that's what you like to see in a in a supposed good team, okay? In a, in a contending team and a playoff team, that's what you like to see. Okay, it may not always be pretty, and they may not always jump out to big leads and, and dominate all game long. But when when it's time, they make the adjustments they need to make and they move forward. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what the Vikings did. Um, good win for the Vikings. I think the Cardinals are, you know, having a pretty, pretty poor season. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily a quality win for the Vikings. But uh, nonetheless, I think it's... It's a good win to, to break their losing streak. Okay. And it keeps them well in the conversation of the playoffs. Um, it, like I said, it keeps them, you know, in first place of the NFC North in a tie with the Lions. So a good win for the Vikings. Not, not quality, but good win for the Vikings nonetheless. Um, boy, the Cardinals, what happened? What happened to the Cardinals? I mean, we were, we were thinking last year that that the Cardinals were unstoppable, you know. And geez, all of a sudden, it's just, boy, it is ugly. It is getting ugly fast for the Cardinals and Bruce Arians. And and, I mean, who do you um, who do you put it on? You know, I not being in the Arizona market, um, of course, I don't get you know, the type of news that I'd get from other teams. Um, but boy, there is just, you know, I know they've got injuries too, um, but man, there is just something wrong in Arizona. I mean, to have, to, to have a team as good as they were last season to as poor as they are this season, something that has got to be hard to swallow for Cardinals fans. It's got to be really hard to swallow. I mean Carson Palmer. I like Carson Palmer. I, I really do. Um, I think he's a. I think he's a good quarterback. But I think. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Little audio issues there. <laughs> I think he's a good quarterback. Um, but he's just inconsistent. You know, he's. I hate saying it, but he, he's he's kind of turning into Jay Cutler where he'll have these games where you're like, okay, he's back on track. And then like yesterday, you know, he goes 20 for 38, 198 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. you're like, uh, okay. You know, I mean, all right. You know, it's pretty pedestrian numbers. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to watch. I, I feel bad for, for Carson. I feel bad. You know, the good thing is, is that he probably won't suffer another knee injury because he's probably not going to get another contract extension. That's what happens in case you were wondering with Carson Palmer, every time they give him a contract extension, okay, he blows out one of his knees. It's, I'm telling you, look it up every single time. So the good news is, is that he probably won't re-injure a knee um, because he probably won't be getting a contract extension anytime soon here. Um, it's, It's tough. You know, and and it's tough because I think that the Cardinals have a good running back in Johnson. I mean, yesterday twenty two carries, hundred and three yards and a touchdown. And that's a that's a decent, you know, game on the ground. Um so it's 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 hard, you know, it's hard to watch because David Johnson is one of these running backs I think that is is getting better. He's getting better and better and better. Every time you watch him it's like you can see the small things getting better, the vision getting better. And it's just too bad. You you kind of wonder what they're what they're going to do moving forward. Because I think they move on from Carson Palmer here um as soon as they can. You know, um Arizona being 4-5 and 1, you know, they're not exactly in playoff contention right now. I mean, it's not over because you know, look at the division that they're in, but, it, you know, realistically, they're all but out of it. And uh, where do they go from here? You know, who did they get? Did they bring in a Tony Romo? I don't think so. You know, who do they bring in? Look for a quarterback in the draft? You know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to say because, it, you know, the Cardinals are one of those teams that they're missing a couple pieces to make it all fit together, you know, and just a couple little pieces here and there, and they could, they could really be rolling, you know, same thing with Carolina, you know, I mean, really it's kind of scary how much, how, how similar these two teams are, you know, coming off a, a season last season, 15 and one in the regular season. Um, and I mean, let's be honest. I, I wasn't the only one that thought that they were a little bit overrated Right? I mean, I wasn't the only one. But hey, 15 and 1 in the regular season. Got to give them credit. They made it to the Super Bowl. They lost in the Super Bowl. Um, but same thing. Carolina Panthers, you know, huge juggernaut last year. And this year they're just horrible. They just can't get it together. Same thing in Arizona. Heavily favored team last year and just nothing this season. You know, and. and Carolina is, is – I look at Riverboat Ron on the sidelines. Every time they show his face on the sidelines, he's got this Eli Manning, corn-fed mouth-breather look on his face, like, what? what's happening out here? It's a, Even if it's a close game. Next time you happen to watch a Carolina Panthers game, pay attention to when the camera pans over to Riverboat Ron on the sidelines and just look at his facial expression. He's just like staring off into like he's just, you know, like you can almost hear the offensive coordinator in his headset like Ron, Ron, hello, Ron, can you hear me? Have we have an audio? Ron, can you hear me? And he's just like staring off into space. And that's like that's kind of a whole team. Kind of makes your skin crawl when you look at that that face. (laughs) I mean, jeez, stuff stuff to watch. You know, you've got um, boy, the NFL is, is you said. There's a couple teams at the top there, and then there's just everyone else. Um, it's just not a very, in my opinion, not a very good year for the NFL. It's tough. Some some of these games are tough to watch. You know, and we're headed to Mexico City tonight. For the Texans and the Raiders, I mean, I don't want to say anything, but is anyone else, like, afraid about this game? Like, wasn't there a soccer match in Mexico City last year that that some star player got kidnapped for ransom? I mean, man, I know the NFL wants to branch out and, you know, gain popularity as if they're not, you know, the most popular televised event ever right now. Aside from, well, maybe NASCAR, I suppose, which does, doesn't really make sense, but I'd rather watch football than watch left turns all day, but sorry. I mean, to the people out there, I'm sorry. And there's a big controversy about Jimmy Johnson or something or whatever his name is. I don't know. I, I, they're just making left, they're making turns. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, straight, slow down, turn, straight, slow down, turn. Okay, I'm, I'm off track here. <laughs> the um with the nFL trying to branch out uh man i just i'm kind of concerned you know player safety is a hot button issue in the nFL and it's you know physical safety you know uh, in game safety of players, but jeez, I mean talk about player safety, you know how much security has to be in on and around that field and 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 around that, the hotels that they're staying at, I mean, why don't we just, I don't know, like does Syria have interest in football? Maybe we can go play some games in Syria or something. I mean, it's like in the 80s, did the NFL like, yeah, you know, it would be a good idea. Let's go to the Soviet Union and let's let's play some games over there because, you know, we... The, it, why not? I mean, we want to be really popular. And the Soviet Union is was really popular. I mean, it's the 80s, so let's go play over there. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, to, it doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, people talk about, you know, the, the, the viewership of the NFL. And I heard Colin Cowherd talk about ratings again the other day. And um, Colin, if you're listening to me, I don't, I don't like you and I don't like your show, but um, I heard Colin talk about uh, ratings again and he talked, well, you know, people are freaking out about the NFL ratings being so down, um, but in reality, it was just because of the election. Well, okay. You know, I mean, the the ratings have gotten a bump, you know, since, since the election is over, but um, really, I think people are just kind of turned off by it. You know, um, officiating is poor. Um, the decisions that the NFL makes seem to be poor. Nobody likes Roger Goodell. Um, there's, there's a couple, you know, good upper echelon teams and the rest there's just guys, you know, I mean, it's just not a, it's not as quality of a product as we've seen in the past. Okay. Um, where right now each division is so competitive but for the most part, and for the most part, the divisions are competitive because they're mediocre. You know, I mean, the NFC North, you know, you've got the tie to, you know, for the lead of the NFC North at six and four the, with the Vikings and the Lions. And I, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just mediocre. Right. And I think that's more of the issue. You know, I'm, Honestly, I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Lions. I'm really not. Um, I, but, they're, I mean, they're, they're hot and cold. But they, they want it, don't they? They are scrappy. You know, same thing with, with Minnesota. That's what you want to see in a team that's taking that next step. They make adjustments. When it's time, they turn it on. And that's what the Lions are doing. That's what they did again yesterday. Twenty-six to nineteen, they beat Jacksonville. Now it's Jacksonville. And I don't know. What did Bortles have? Fourteen interceptions or something? I don't know. That guy throws a lot of interceptions. But um, you got to give the Lions credit. You, you kind of it kind of makes you. It kind of makes you wonder, like, what are they doing? that some of these other teams aren't. Like, they're winning these close, ugly games. They're losing in the fourth quarter of almost all of their games. In fact, I think every game they've played, they have they have been down in the fourth quarter. And yet they've come back to win six games, you know, after being down in the fourth quarter. Like, how do they keep winning? It's just determination. And Jim Bob Cooter, I guess. Jim Bob Cooter. That's a guy there that you you can't say just his last name. You can't call him Cooter. You can't call him Jim Bob. You can't call him Jim. You got to say Jim Bob Cooter. It's like Coco Crisp to the Indians. You got to say the full name, right? Everybody else, it's, oh, great catch by Kyle. Wow, what a hit by Coco Crisp. You got to say his full name. You know, Uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Got to say his full name. Jim Bob Cooter cracks me up. Um, you know, speaking of Detroit, um, and like I said, I think we're all kind of scratching our head. Like, how is Detroit still winning? Okay. Uh, we actually have a special treat. We are going to go live to our Detroit sports correspondent, Mr. Skrilla Vanilla. Um, and Mr. Skrilla is going to tell us a little bit about possibly – why he thinks the Detroit Lions are doing so well this season. Listen in. Skrilla, you there, buddy? Oh,
0: my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my.
1: Well, obviously, Mr. Skrilla is a little bit busy in Detroit there, so um, we'll, uh, we'll let him go. Um, maybe we'll try to reach out later. Uh, I think what Skrilla was trying to say um, is that the Lions have heart. Um, I think that's what he was trying to get at. Hopefully he's okay. C- guys, can we can we get someone to call over and check on Mr. Skrilla? Jeez, Detroit. Um, they're winning ugly, okay, but they've got heart. And there's a lot of fight in that team, and they they don't quit. You know, and that's more than you can say about a lot of other teams. I mean, you have other teams that are, that are admitting the fact that they quit, you know. In the media, uh, why'd you lose this game? Well, we, we quit. You know, we gave up. Sad to say, but, you know, we quit. <laughs> the, the Lions don't quit. Like, if they lose, they're getting beat. Not, they're not quitting. You know, they may make stupid mistakes occasionally, but they're not quitting. That's for sure. And, you know, I, hate, I really hate saying it. But you got to give them credit. It, it, It almost kind of a little bit, a little bit reminds me of the 2006 Bears. Remember that, guys? When they went to the Super Bowl and got demolished in 2006 by the Indianapolis Colts, Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl. I remember that season pretty clearly. And that was also the Denny Green we had them we are who we they are who we thought they were that was that season okay so now that we're all on the same page the 2006 bears they did similar things now that was a better team i think than this lions team but it's similar in a way that that 2006 bears team like they just kept winning and you're just looking at like how are they winning these games 3 point win 2 point win 4 point win 6 point win it's just ugly Like, yeah, you think they're going to lose, and then they win. You know, Danny Green hit it right on the head. They are who we thought they were. And I think it's the same thing with the Lions. I'm giving them credit, but I think it's the same thing with the Lions. They are who we think they are. They've got talent. They're starting to get it together. I don't think they're going to take that next big step this year. They may make the playoffs, but I think they are who we – think they are they're a team that's got a lot of heart and i think in some respects they're getting they got some luck on their side but hey they're give them credit they're coming up you know it's if you're a if you're a vikings fan right now okay or if you're a lions fan right now you've got to be feeling pretty good you know things are looking up and that's tough to say. You know, it's tough to say coming from a team that's in Detroit, that that things are, you know, coming around. Now, if you're a Bears fan, well, it sucks to be you because, I, yeah, I, I don't – I'm not sure what you're going to do. I don't – you guys are welcome to jump on the Packer bandwagon. I mean, there's there's not many people jumping off the bandwagon, so there's not much room. But, hey, you know, we'll, we'll take all the Packer fans we can get at this point. So, Bears fans, if, if you're listening out there um, and, and you'd like to, you know, get on the Packers train, just let me know. Give me a call. Let me know. 215-383-3687 is the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. Uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines shortly here. Um, We are going to take a short break. Um, When we come back, I want to talk some college football. Another big weekend in college football, and we are going to dive into that. Um, Looks like there could be a couple coaching vacancies. Um, We're going to get into that a little bit, too. So stick around, guys. we got lots more real score after the break. Hey, y'all. This is Hall of Fame quarterback from Kill, Mississippi. Are you tired of hiding your phone as you're taking a picture of your junk? Well, hide no more, friends. Presenting Wrist Picks. The hidden camera that looks like a watch but functions like a low quality camera. It's perfect for those discreet junk photos. Don't trust just any camera to take a pic of your six, trust Wrist Picks.
0: Risk fix is not a real product, and this head should not be taken seriously.
1: Ooh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to real score. Um, before that fake commercial break there, I told you we were going to talk some college football. Um, and I told you there are probably going to be some coaching vacancies. And this is interesting, okay? College football, to me, this time of year, especially now with the with the new playoff format, which, I mean, let's be honest, it's a playoff format, but the teams are ultimately still decided um, by men and women with opinions. So um, they're handpicked, okay? But it's exciting. Um, and I, it seems like it's... More exciting than years past, and, and maybe because I'm just a Badger fan, and it's you know we're in it, um, but it is exciting. Um, who's not excited? Charlie Strong. Um, he's he's going to be gone. Uh, sources say that uh, they're going to let him go. Um, that his final game uh, will be at Texas against TCU. Um, 16 and 20 overall um, and 12 and 14 in, in a big 12 in three seasons at Texas. Just not, he's not getting it done. You know, there's other places where you could say perhaps that you could give the guy a pass depending on the, what program he's coaching, but not at Texas. I mean, I would think, you know, geez, I would think Texas shouldn't really have a problem with recruiting. You should be able to get the guys you need to get You should be able to put put the program in place, you know, and, and really, you know, if you're Texas, you should be in contention on a regular basis. So, I mean, I I don't know. I, I, it's hard to feel bad for the guy, you know, because, and I don't know the whole story, but you feel like, like I said, you know, Texas is a big program and a, a program with, with rich history, you know, in, in college football. And you kind of feel like, hey, you know, if, if, a, if you can't make it work at a school like that, you know, where can you make it work? Um, now, if Charlie Strong was the head coach of the, I don't know, of Marshall, then you can kind of say, okay, well, he's, he's starting. You know, he's, he's starting to go, starting to turn around. You, know, you, can, give him, you can give him more of a chance there because it's Marshall. But I mean, we're talking about Texas here. And you should be able to get the best of the best of the best in the state of Texas. And it's uh, not going it to done. So uh, he's going to be gone. Um, and Texas is looking at Les Miles. That's the rumor. Um, and I think Les Miles could be dangerous for Texas. A great coach, dangerous for teams that have to play Texas. Um, I think Les Miles was kind of unfairly fired honestly um I mean would you look at LSU's schedule this year uh you've got you know opening loss against Wisconsin at Lambeau Field I mean that's a a it's a tough place to play and b Wisconsin's a lot better than people thought they were at the beginning of the season so I mean that's if you want to call it a quote quality loss that's fine but um Really, if you look at, at their losses, uh, they haven't been bad, and they haven't been blowout losses. I mean, they held Alabama in check. Granted, this was after Les Miles was let go, but they held Alabama in check a couple weeks ago. You know, and granted, they didn't score any points against Alabama, but Alabama has, you know, probably the top defense in college football. You know, and ten to nothing victory for Alabama, but still, you, you got to give LSU credit. They held them in check, and you know, it was a game. So I think, I think Les Miles got a bad rap and I'm not sure why, because I think LSU is another one of those programs that should be able to get the best of the best, but, and he's done it. I mean, Les Miles has proven that he has, you know, what it takes to win championships. So um, it could be interesting. He's, he's obviously the big name that's out there right now for, as far as college football Um, and Texas is a big name vacancy or, you know, going to be a big-name vacancy. So um, things could get very interesting. I also heard some talks um, right after Les Miles was let go. There were people talking about uh, the potential for Les Miles to come to the Big Ten. And at the time, um, people didn't really think that Penn State was a quality playoff contending, Big Ten championship contending football team. And I still don't really think they are. I think we're all being fooled here. But uh, there was talk about that, about the possibility of Les Miles going to Penn State. And, you know, immediately people in the Wisconsin media market were freaking out like, oh, great. You know, now, oh, great. Geez, we've got, now we're going to have to face Jim Harbaugh. We're going to have to face um, Les Miles. You know, I mean, you got all these Urban Meyer. You got these top quality coaches. And people, oh, geez, you know, great. Now they're going to add less Miles to the mix. Who cares? I like it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I hope less Miles comes to the Big Ten. You know, the more quality coaches and quality upper echelon teams in a Big Ten, the better, in my opinion. It only makes things better, folks. It only makes things better. You know, right now, in the top five, according to the Associated Press poll that came out, in the top five, You've got three Big Ten teams in the top five. Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin. And arguably, you can thank Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh for that. Because when teams bring in coaches like that, okay, it doesn't make these other teams kind of throw their hands up and say, well, what are we going to do now? It makes us say, okay, it's time to get to work. You know, when you've got coaches like that, it keeps everyone on their toes because they know they have to be better than they were the year before. And they have to continue to get better if they want to have a chance. And that's ultimately the goal is to put yourself in a position to win a national championship. Ultimately, that's the goal. And in order for that to happen, you've got to get through the Big Ten. So all of these, you know, coaches in the Big Ten right now are probably happy that Meyer and Harbaugh are there because it's, it's upping everyone else's, you know, game. You've got to bring your A game and Les Miles would just add to that. Now I don't really see where he's going to go. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a vacancy at Penn state, especially after this, um, you know, the end of this season. Again, I, I don't think Penn state is all they're chalked up to be, but You know, who knows? They could be. I mean, they beat Ohio State, but, you know, Ohio State barely squeaked out a victory against Michigan State on Saturday. So, I mean, I, you know, Ohio State's weaknesses have been exposed. You know, and realistically, they should have beat Penn State. I mean, they're a better team than Penn State. There's no question about that. You know, they play them 10 times. They win 9 out of 10, and they lose that one fluke game. So, you know, I, I just, I don't have a lot of faith in Penn State. Um, but you, you got to give them some credit I mean, they're winning the games that are, that are put in front of them for the most part. I mean, they got blown out by Michigan, you know, by, what, 32 points, something like that. They got blown out by Michigan. They got beat by Pitt. You know, I, there's, there's some pretty ugly losses on there. I mean, Michigan's a quote-unquote quality loss, if that's what you want to call it, but Pitt is not. You know, so – but I, I don't see – I don't know where the next vacancy in the Big Ten would be. Paul Christ has got the Badgers on track. Um, I think the Badgers are going to be a force. I really do. I think Paul Christ and Barry Alvarez are on the same page. This was Barry's guy. You know, the fact that they had Anderson was kind of abnormal, and obviously it was a mistake, but um, this was the right choice for Wisconsin. So there's obviously not going to be any change in Wisconsin. Obviously there's not going to be a change in Michigan unless Harbaugh gets the itch or wears out as welcome as it usually does after a couple of years um, to go back to the NFL. Um, but we're talking, you know, a couple of years down the road, I think, if it's going to happen at all. But where else do you look? Um, I would think a program like Rutgers, perhaps, Maryland, I don't think so, um, but it's possible because I could see, I mean, honestly, I could see both Rutgers and Maryland with a quality head coach and and quality coaching staff. Um, the, the area of the country that they're in, um, I feel like they would have a good chance to get some, some pretty big name recruits, you know, up, up in that, you know, Northeast area. Um, so I, I think those are two possibilities. Um, I think another one could be Nebraska. Um, Even though Nebraska is, you know, for the most part, pretty consistently, you know, viable for the most part. um, This is a, you know, Nebraska is a program with the history of championship football. And um, it's been a while since, since that's happened. So um, I would think that I would think that Nebraska would at least make a push if Les Miles was interested at all. And Nebraska is another one too, you know, with, with the rich history of the program um, I would think that recruiting would be, you know, with, with a guy like Les Miles, recruiting would go up anywhere he goes, recruiting is going to go up, but um, that could be a good spot too for him. You know? And and like I said, I don't think it's, I really don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Les comes to the big 10. Um, I think he probably ends up at Texas, but I would. It would be nice to have him come to the Big Ten. The more the merrier. Like I said, you know, people are afraid. Oh, great! Now we got to go up all these great coaches, and that's a good thing, guys. You know, this is that's why Wisconsin is getting the credit they are right now because everybody can see that the Big Ten right now is the conference to beat in college football, and I think that it's going to be like that for a while now. It's, it's going to be like that. Um, I don't see Michigan, Ohio state, Wisconsin going anywhere anytime soon. And, you know, you've got Iowa, who's a, they're better than people think they are. You know, they were in it last year. Um, they took a step back this year, but they're, they're a good football team. You know, and you got Nebraska, Nebraska's always kind of, they're right there. You know, they're tough. They're a tough team so Big Ten is definitely a conference to beat and that's exciting and you know having quality coaches like that only makes things better Um, Badgers played Purdue okay on Saturday 49-20 big victory they scored 48 last week 49 this week that is really encouraging Um, again old school Big Ten football and that's what we like to see in Wisconsin. They did have more passing yards, 191 total passing yards, 221 rushing yards. Again, you know, heavy rushing attack. And that's that's what Wisconsin likes to do to you. You know, I said it last week. They they wear you down. They're going to run it down your throat, and eventually you're going to wear out and you're just going to give up. And granted, we're, we're talking about the Purdue Boilermakers here. You know, they're not exactly a top-quality team, but – Um, they did what they should have done. And when you look around college football, there's there's other teams out there that are top quality that are not necessarily doing what they should do. Ohio State, Michigan State. On paper, Ohio State should blow Michigan State out of the water. Now, Ohio State has struggled with Michigan State since Urban Meyer took over. And it's a rivalry game. You know, those are always tough, always. You know, Wisconsin-Nebraska, Wisconsin-Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, State. They're, they're always tough games because you know you're playing it so well. but Wisconsin is getting it done, and they're doing what they should be doing. The teams that they should dispatch they are easily. And the teams that they should be close with, they are. you know And, and I think it's clear who the badgers are. Um, I think I'm not the only one that was extremely disappointed. Um, when the Badgers didn't move in the college football playoff ranking and stayed at seven, every other team moved. Um, You know, and last week you had, you know, all those losses, you know, two, three, four, eight, nine, I believe it was all last week lost. And Michigan lost to unranked Iowa, which uh, I'll give you that. Iowa's better than they, than people think they are, but I mean, how do you lose to an unranked team and you and you don't move? You don't drop. Number three, Michigan, loses to unranked Iowa in Iowa and stays at number three. Okay. I get it. Michigan's a good team. I get it. But, man. You know, number two, Clemson, loses to unranked Pitt. They drop to four. Still on top four. Okay, so... A loss to an unranked opponent will only drop you if you're in the top four. A loss to an unranked opponent will only drop you, you know, maximum like two, right? But Ohio State beat the brakes. I mean, just huge win for Ohio State last week, and they and they jump up from um, was it five to to two? You know, in every team. That lost, with the exception of Michigan, dropped. Every team that won jumped up, except for Wisconsin. I think that upset a lot of people. Um, but ultimately, I think it could be a good thing, and I'm going to tell you why. This goes two ways, okay? I think it's a good thing for the Badgers because I think the committee sat down and they looked at this and they thought, okay, you you were supposed to win that game. There were a lot of losses in the top four. You were supposed to win that game. Let's see what you can do now. We're going to keep you there. Let's see what you can do now. Okay? I think they're, I don't want to say they're giving Wisconsin the benefit of the doubt, but I think they're kind of, okay, well, keep showing me. We'll get you there. Just keep keep doing what you do. And I think it's the same thing with Michigan. I think that's why they didn't drop. It's like, okay, we know you're a good team. We're going to give you that one. Tough game, it's a rival, tough loss, and, and Iowa's better than people think. We're, we're going to give you that one, Michigan, but you better not show us that again. You know, it's like, it's like the committee just took away most of the rope from Michigan, and they left just enough to hang themselves with, right? And they took that rope, and they gave it to Wisconsin. I said, okay, here's some more. Here, get some extra now. Okay, now keep showing me. And I think it's a good sign that, uh, you know, coming out yesterday, the Associated Press had the Badgers up to five. And I think ultimately I think that's, you know, where they end up in, uh, at, you know, after tomorrow's ranking comes out for the college football players, I think they end up at five, which I think is a good thing, because at this point the Badgers control their own destiny, which is exactly what we wanted, didn't we? We do not want to rely on someone else to lose. We wanted to control our own destiny. And we do. We do. You know, the, the – the Badgers win next week against Minnesota, and they, um, they win the Big Ten West, and they're going to the Big Ten Championship. And, or, if, or if Nebraska loses, one or the other. Okay, they're going to the Big Ten Championship. And I think that's going to happen. I, I'm very confident that, that one of those two scenarios will work out in our favor. Either Nebraska loses or Wisconsin wins. Um, I think Wisconsin beats Minnesota. I think it's going to be a tough game, but I think Wisconsin's got it rolling and I think they are adjusting and they're fixing their mistakes as they go, especially on offense. Um, and I think they're, they're I think they're turning it on at the right time is what I'm trying to say. So I think they beat Minnesota and I think they face off against either. I mean, I know they're going to face off against either Michigan, Ohio state or Penn state. Now, most of you out there are thinking, oh, come on, Penn State. You know, come on. We want Penn State in the in the Big Ten Championship. And it's like, that would be the easy road. I'll, granted, I'll give you that. That would certainly be the easy road to have Wisconsin-Penn State because I, I think that would really expose Penn State at that point. Wisconsin's a pretty good football team, and I just don't have much faith in Penn State. I mean, they beat Rutgers on Saturday, but – who hasn't beat Rutgers? Rutgers is like the village bicycle, right? Everybody has a ride. Everybody beats Rutgers. You know, it's like that girl in high school that every guy slept with. Like, dude, I slept with Rutgers last night. Dude, everybody sleeps with Rutgers. Congratulations, go get yourself checked. That's Rutgers, guys. So, thirty-nine nothing over Rutgers. Ninety nothing. So, whatever. They scored nine points in the first half against Rutgers, 30 in the second half. Clearly, Rutgers gave up. Just laid there and took it, right? But I I don't necessarily want to see Penn State-Wisconsin for the Big Ten Championship because it's not quality. And I think the committee would take that into account. You know, I think that the committee looks at that. If Wisconsin wins the Big Ten Championship, you would think, okay, they're in. Big Ten is, is the conference to beat, and the winner of that Big Ten conference should be in the playoffs, hands down. But if they play Penn State and they beat Penn State, I mean, I don't know. Do you look at that like, all right? You know, the the of the three best teams in the Big Ten, two of them weren't even in the Big Ten championship. You know, you had the the second or third best team in the Big Ten in Wisconsin versus the I don't know. They they call them the fourth best team in the Big Ten, but I think they're I don't think they're as good as Nebraska even. I think Nebraska would, would beat them. If they played tomorrow. You know, so geez, you're looking at, you know, two or three versus five in the Big Ten for a championship and so you get two or three wins, it's like, well that's what you're supposed to do. You know, that's not really super impressive. Um honestly. My best case scenario, um, I would like to see Ohio State versus Wisconsin for the Big Ten championship. Um, I I think Michigan is still dangerous. I think even though they're down to their second-string quarterback, I mean, they might get spaced back. I, I don't know. I mean, they're saying he's got a broken collarbone, but Jim Harbaugh is like, you know, name any hockey player or hockey coach. Yeah, it's, it's just an upper body injury. He's going to be out for an undisclosed amount of time. And that's, I mean, that's basically what they're doing in Michigan. That's a, it's a broken collarbone. I mean, he, might, he might play next week. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah, he, he punctured his lung, but he'd be out there. He lost his eyeball in the field, but we're just going to get him a glass one at halftime, and he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll be ready to go. But I think that uh, Michigan can still be dangerous, and I think their defense is much better than Ohio State's defense. And given that Wisconsin has shown that they've struggled at times on offense, I think ideally you're going to want to go up a team that you have had success against, and that's Ohio State. They've had lots of success on offense against Ohio State, not so much on offense against Michigan. Um, It's still a toss-up because I I think that there was a lot of, I don't want to say one-time plays, but I think, yeah, one-time plays maybe that happened in Michigan that, we're just boneheaded decisions on the offense um that you're like okay well we know that's now we got that game out of the way that's not going to happen again um but you know i think michigan has a much better defense than ohio state and i think that um i think ohio state is easier to expose than michigan um i think the victory that michigan had over iowa 20 to 10 um Iowa, Indiana, I'm sorry. The the win the Michigan had over Indiana, 20 to 10. That was a pretty close hard fought game. Conditions were were nasty. Um, I mean it was like blizzard conditions toward the end of the game. Um, but I think that win right there, even though it was against a Indiana team that isn't very good, they're they're not ranked. Um, they're not very good. But a win like that gives your team a lot of confidence, um, especially when you're playing with a second string quarterback. And it really, I think, gave that team a ton of confidence moving forward. okay, we don't need our starter at quarterback to win games. We can win ugly if we if we need to. Now, I think coming off of Iowa also helped Michigan because I would be willing to bet that Jim Harbaugh um, was not too pleased with that game against Iowa and I think he probably let the players know it, that that, that better not happen again. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think ultimately Michigan could be a more dangerous team than Ohio State. I think Ohio State is, like I said, more easily exposed. And I would absolutely love to have another shot at Ohio State. Absolutely love it, because I think we win the second time around. Um, I think the mistakes that we made against Ohio State in the first meeting are clear. I think a lot of them have to do with um, adjustments and play calling. Um, But I think ultimately we we win that game. I think we've got the talent. Our defense is really good and they're getting better. You know, T.J. Watt, interception Saturday, pick six. Not even J.J. did that. And I mean, not that it's like a big deal, but believe me, every single news outlet that covered the Badgers this weekend, made that their highlight. Not even J.J. has done that. Well, all right. Aren't there like 17 more Watt brothers coming up through college anytime soon here? I mean, I'm sure one of them is going to do it. The whole Watt clan, geez. But the Badgers are getting better. The one thing that I'll say about Wisconsin that I didn't like was the penalties yesterday. I think they had eight total penalties. Um, that is not good. Then that's not a good sign. Because I think they had six the week before and eight this week. And this is a team that averages one penalty per game. So I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I feel like that is a sign of it could be a sign of overconfidence on the players that they feel like, ah, we can do whatever we want. And they're, and I I don't want to say this, but I it could be, it could be now that they're losing some of that discipline. So I hope that, you know, Chris can get these guys back on track as far as that goes, because that eight penalties for a Wisconsin Badgers team, in my mind, is not acceptable. Um, they got to do better than that. You know, you can't, you can't expect to commit eight penalties uh, playing Michigan, playing, um, even playing Minnesota next week. I think that's going to be a tougher game than people realize. And I don't think you can have eight penalties and still expect to dominate. You know, I don't think you can have eight penalties against Michigan or Ohio State or, I mean, really even Penn State for that matter and expect to come out on top. You've got to really play mistake-free football from here on out. And I, I hope to see that go down. I think it will. I think Chris, you know, like I said last week, these guys are focused. And Chris himself has got this team, you know, dialed in. And it's just, you know, okay, let's just clean it up a little bit. Good win, but let's clean it up a little bit. We're better than that. Um. Like I said, offense, 191 yards passing, 221 yards rushing. Another, you know, big rushing game, ground attack. Like I said, old school Big Ten football. Love to see it. Um, defense gave up three of ten on third down against the Boilermakers. Not really good. You know, I mean, I know it's the Boilermakers. Last week they didn't give up a first down on third down. Um, 0 for 9. Um, three interceptions. Again, that's, that's a big thing, too. That, that I'm looking at with the Badgers. They they are taking advantage of opportunities when they're there. When they get opportunities for a pick, they take it. And they're making something happen off it most of the time. So um, it's, it's, that's big. Um, I think the Badgers are – I think they're clearly getting better, and they're getting more confident, and they're getting more credit now. And I think they're starting to believe that this is actually possible, that they can crack this top four and get into the playoffs. And how huge would that be? Um, Because at that point, anything can happen. I mean, miracles can happen at that point. I mean, especially looking next week, you've got the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn. And if Alabama fans out there think that's going to be an easy victory, they are going to be sorely mistaken because Auburn is not a bad team at all. They're a good team. And although Alabama is a very good team, the best team in college football, um, I don't think Alabama has had the quality wins that people are giving them credit for. Um, and you don't need to, I mean, when, when you're Alabama, you don't have to schedule opponents that are, you know, that you know are going to be difficult and going to be big tests for you because you know, you're going to prove it in the postseason. That's what they always do, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, looking to next week, you know, you look at Auburn, Alabama in the iron bowl and that's going to be a tough game. And it's one of those things where if, even if Alabama loses, I don't think it takes them out of the top four, but it may take them out of the number one spot. And if that happens, um, you know, at the end of the season going into the playoffs, if Alabama is not number one and Wisconsin is number four, well, I believe the one seed plays the four. So it, it could be, I mean, who knows who's going to be number one at that point. You know, so it, it's a toss-up. It really is. We make it to the playoffs, and I think we have as good a chance as anyone to win a national championship. I really honestly do. I think if we crack the top four, I mean, you look at the top four right now, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington. I think Wisconsin and Washington will be a good game. I think Wisconsin has the ability to beat Washington. I think Wisconsin has already proven that they have the ability to beat Michigan. They've certainly proven that they have the ability to beat Ohio State. I mean, I don't think there's anyone who will disagree with me out there when I say that Wisconsin can beat the 2, 3 and 4 teams right now. Right? You know, so it this is exciting. I mean, it really is. You know, I said it last week. um, This is an exciting time to be a Badger fan. And it's exciting not only because of this season and how well it's going, but it's exciting because looking forward to next year, um, still a pretty young team. Hornibrook is uh, getting better, and I think he's going to continue to get better. This, this, This is a team that's on the rise. So it's looking good. It's looking really good. It's exciting. 215-383-3687 is the number to call in for the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. Give me a call, guys. Um, Phone lines are going to be open after this next commercial break here. Um, I'll be taking some some calls for those of you that like to call in. Uh, We can talk Packers. We can talk Badgers. um, We can really talk about anything you want um again two one five three eight three three six eight seven. that's a hewitt moving and storage hotline or you can shoot me an email at realscore radio at gmail.com with your questions comments concerns constructive criticism destructive criticism i don't know whatever you want really i'm 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 a pretty easygoing guy we're going to take a short commercial break here we've got lots more real score coming up after the break stick around guys Python and Python is not a real law firm. Any celebrity impressions should not be taken seriously. This ad is not real.
0: Let me tell you something, Hulkamaniacs. Are you tired of having your sex tape released without your knowledge illegally? There's only one place you can call. The law firm of Python and Python, brother. They're gonna do all your hanging and banging for you to make sure that your Hulkasm after Hulkasm after Hulkasm doesn't get released without your knowledge. And tonight, in front of a sold out crowd, I'm here to tell you what you're gonna do when Python on Python runs wild on you.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to The Real Score. Um, I just got an email from a listener um, about the Packers. Okay, and I appreciate the email. This is coming from Susan in the UP. Oh, my goodness, it's a UP, eh? Holy wah. I can't believe you're getting a radio signal all the way up there, up north, eh? Jeez, upers. I shouldn't really criticize upers because of the five listeners I have, um, probably two or three of them at least are upers. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, the email reads A few slight glimmers of the talent of the Packers. Um, this is tough. This is tough, guys. Um, A few slight glimmers of the talent the Packers actually possess in last night's game against Washington was, surprise, surprise, not enough to win the game. Um, You know, I had mentioned the sense of urgency that's missing, and even beyond urgency, um, and and Susan agrees with me here, desire to play to their ability isn't there. That's a great point, Susan, because it isn't. It's very clearly not there um the looks on the players faces are abysmal they seem to be all slackers and not packers that is perfect that's exactly right slackers and not packers and it's it's you hate to say it because everybody on this packers football team you you, you love you know you, you might get mad you get frustrated with them but but you love them they're like part of your family you know we we're growing up you know a lot of us with with these players you know, and and grew up idolizing past Packer players. And for it to come to this is is really sad, you know, but it's true. Slackers, not Packers. They so desperately need a motivator on the team. So she agrees with me there. They need that vocal leader, that veteran leader, a motivator. Um, Apparently Rodgers and or McCarthy are not capable of inspiring this team to play to their full potential. I agree. It is so frustrating, and time for McCarthy to go. Thank you very much for the email, Susan. It, I 100% agree with you there. 100%. Um, the only thing that I will say is in respect to Aaron Rodgers is I, we know what we're going to get with Rodgers. Okay, we know he's not in, you know, loud rah rah, Pete Carroll, gum chewing, cheerleading you know, sidelines monster, but we, so we know what we're going to get with Rogers. Okay. There, it's no surprise that he's just not a vocal motivated leader, at least not in the public eye. He may be different in the locker room. He may be different behind the scenes, but we know what we're getting with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, however, I think the tension between Rogers and McCarthy is turning off a lot of people. And I think it's turning off a lot of people on that team And I think that's one of the main issues. Um, I don't think that Rogers is incapable of inspiring the team um, because I think he's proven that he can. And I think people look to him for inspiration, but I think when they look to him and they see how, I don't want to use the word disgusted, but maybe fed up is a better word. When they see how fed up he is with McCarthy and that's obvious. I mean, that's clear. It, I mean, it really looks like some of these throws he's making—it it, it looks like he's just doing them to spite McCarthy. Like, well, this is what you wanted. See what happens. This is what you wanted. You know, when when players see that, um, it's just it it kind of makes them play down, doesn't it? You know, when you're at when you're at your job, okay, and you've got someone at your job that is just constantly negative, and just uh. This is horrible. I hate the boss. Oh, I can't believe I'm working here. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, does it make anyone else around you motivated to do a better job at work? I don't think so. You know, and I think it's the same thing in football. It's the same thing. If, if not, you know, more so in football. You know, because you're talking about a profession that is, um, that really is, is based a lot on enthusiasm. I guess is a good way to put it. So great email. And thank you for the email, Susan. I, I really appreciate that. Again, guys, the email to the show is realscoreradio at gmail.com. I welcome all your emails. And because I read Susan's email on the air this morning, um, I am happy to announce that she is the winner of nothing. Absolutely nothing. So that's some incentive to send over an email, guys. Um, I want to continue on football and I want to go back to the Packers a little bit. Um, and I want to talk some numbers, some math, some stats. Okay. I I want to talk about some really nerdy stuff here. We're going to break it down. So get your calculators out folks. Um, I want to talk free agents to start with. Okay. Because I think this is something we need to address. Um, first of all, let's go on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Um, cornerback. Okay. There's some free agents. Uh, there's there in 2017, there's going to be several lots of unrestricted free agents, obviously, as there always are every year. Um, here's some of the unrestricted free agents coming up that I would like to at least look at. Okay. Morris Claiborne, Dallas. Um, this current salary, $3 million a year. he's going to be an unrestricted free agent um, after this season, I believe. I think that could be a good one. I think that could be a good pickup for the Packers. Um, I think the money's right. Um, and I think it's a player that – well, I think it's a player that has shown potential, Um. Like I said earlier, I don't think he has much help around him. I don't have much faith in the Dallas secondary on defense, but I think, um, I think Claiborne could be a, a good addition. He could be a good pickup. I think he's, I think he's better than I, – I, I know he's better than the guys we have back there now, our you know, second, third, fourth string guys. Terrence Newman, Minnesota. Um, $2.5 he's making this year, unrestricted free agent. Um, Prince of Mukamara. that could be a good one. Um, it could be a good short-term thing. Um, this year he's making five and a half million, so not not crazy numbers. Um, it's there. There there are places out there that we could get. Okay, now Green Bay doesn't have a ton of cap space. You know, after this year, um, they're gonna have twenty five point two million cap space. Um, So there's not a lot of room, but there are some players that I think it would be wise to move, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, If you look at the teams with the biggest cap space, that's who you should focus on, okay? Because if you're going to move some players around, you want to get them to teams that A, want and need those players, and B, have the money to pay those players, and the top two teams are Cleveland and San Francisco. Cleveland 2017 will have 105 million dollars in cap space. Okay, they got some room, and Cleveland has a history of spending money on players that are either past their prime or getting close to being past their prime, and they'll pay big money for them. San Francisco, 83. million in cap space that could be another good one um i don't think they let chip kelly go i think they give him another chance um but i think that chip kelly is going to try to blow this thing up and try to make what he wants to make i think and with 83.2 million in cap space there's some room there he's going to be looking for some guys Um, I don't think I don't think he's going to rely solely on the draft, even though they're going to get a good draft pick, as will Cleveland, obviously. But um, I think they're going to want to go out in free agency and spend some money, and I think they'll look for trades. So it could be good. I think that a couple things I think need to happen. Okay, I think Clay Matthews I believe will make fourteen and a half million next year, somewhere around there. Uh, If the Packers trade him and end his contract early after this season, I think they'll pay just over a $4 million penalty. Okay. Um, I don't know about you, but I would rather pay a $4 million penalty than pay a guy $14 million next year to, to maybe give me 11, 12 games. And I mean, Clay Matthews had one tackle last night, you know, and he's coming back from, you know, injury, but, Um, Over the past two seasons, Clay Matthews is not – there's been a decline. You can see it. It's pretty clear. Um, I think the smart thing for Green Bay to do would be to look to trade him um, this offseason. You know, take the $4 million penalty. Try to trade him if you can. Um, I don't know the specifics of his contract, but if you can trade him, try to trade him. Um, Hopefully he – has a better second half of the season here to get his value up a little bit. But I think either way, if you got Clay Matthews on the chopping block, on the trade block, uh, there's going to be quite a few teams that are interested. And I think you could put Cleveland and San Francisco at the top of that list. And both of those teams have players that that I think they'd be willing to move that that could be good for Green Bay. So I think Clay Matthews is one that you have to look to move in the offseason. It's been great. You know, thank you, but goodbye. You know, I mean, I don't know how we pay a guy $14 million to get double teamed so that someone else can get a sack. You know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I like him. He's a good player, but I don't think he's – I don't think you pay him $14 million next year. And, and then risk if he gets injured again, then his stock goes way down and you get nothing for him. I think you can get a good amount for him this off season. I think you got to let him go. Devonte Adams is another one. And this may come as a surprise to some people. The people that know me, well, this won't come as a surprise because they know that I'm not a big Devontae Adams fan. Devontae Adams makes good catches, okay? Uh, he, makes, he makes difficult catches look easy, and he makes easy catches look very difficult. Um, I'm not saying that he's not a good fit for the Packers because I think he can be certain situations I don't think he's the best route runner he doesn't have the best speed he doesn't have the most consistent hands but I think he's good enough that most other teams around the league would look at it and and want to plug him into their offense you know Um, I think he's certainly good enough to start on almost every other team. So I think that's an option. And I think you could, I think you can get some good return for him. Um, They won't get rid of Cobb, uh, even though I think they, I think they should. I mean, I love Cobb and he, and he's the guy that comes through in the clutch for us a lot of times, but I mean, he's really one dimensional, you know? I mean, if you don't have, if you don't have someone to, kind of take the pressure off him you know he showed that last year he cannot be a number one guy you know and and I know that they're not all going to be number ones but boy I just man I just feel like you know like they're not going to get rid of him I mean they just they're not going to get rid of Randall Cobb they won't and they won't get rid of Jordy Nelson and I don't think they should get rid of Jordy Nelson I think that next year he'll have a better season than he's having this year as long as he stays healthy um but like I said Devontae Adams is one I I think needs to go You know, looking at some of the wide receivers that are out there. You know, going going back to free agency, looking at some of the wide receivers that are out there, um, that that will be unrestricted free agents after this season. Okay, you got Vincent Jackson. I've always been a huge fan of Vincent Jackson, and it's difficult because I think it's just too late. Um, I think he's on the back end of his career. Um, he's. I think he could still be a really good player. I think he's a guy that you could bring in as a short term veteran you know type of leader for these young guys um He's making eleven million dollars just over eleven million dollars this year uh, so the numbers could be there as well um with the guys that you could move um, Kenny Britt he's another one four point five million he's making this year um unrestricted free agent after the season. I think he's another one that that could be a good addition. You know, I have this name down here, and I didn't highlight it, but I am going to say it. Um, And I hate saying it, but Deshaun Jackson. And I hate Deshaun Jackson. But he's a guy that can take the top off of a defense. And Folks, he's only getting paid $6 million this year. I think you could get Deshaun Jackson for a bargain. The only problem with that is I don't think he's a good locker room guy. And I think, I think it would be counterproductive for your development of your young players, having him in the locker room. That's a tough one. Um, Cordero Patterson, Minnesota. I think he's got potential paid 1.8 million this year. Here's here's a big one. And I don't think that this is going to happen, but this is a scenario that when you really dig deep into it and you think about it, it could work. Terrell Pryor. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? But I said it last week. This guy has cleaned up his act, and he has proven that he is a pretty darn good wide receiver. Now, he's only making $1.6 million this year. That's going to go up. I don't know the specifics of the contract, but I can tell you that he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this season. $1.6 million. Now, here's the thing. It, almost any other team, you would say, wow, the year he's having, they're going, read, they're going to give him a contract. But this is Cleveland. Okay, remember, this is Cleveland. Cleveland is desperate to do something. And... I think if Cleveland is smart, they hang on to him. But I don't think they're smart. I think they're looking at this from the standpoint. Well, he's got value. Let's get something for him. And I think that's what they ultimately do. I think they try to trade him. And with the cap space that Cleveland has and the players that I can see on Green Bay that Cleveland may want, that could be a really good option. Honestly, stay with me here, guys. Terrell Pryor could be a good option. A wide receiver for the Packers. I can't believe it. I'm serious. I'm throwing this away. Throw it away. I can't believe I just said that. Let's go back to defense. And let's look at Eric Berry. Okay, free safety, Kansas City. He's making $10.8 million this year. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. That's tough. Because he's making some good money. There might be some room there um of all the unrestricted free agents coming up, Eric Berry is certainly the highest paid by far. Um your next is Christopher Conte and that's 3 million. You know, so by far, but it could be something to look at. You know, I Packers are going to get a pretty good draft pick, I think. So we'll see what they do with it, but I think they need to get some they need to go out and get some free agents here. I mean, they just have to. You know, you just can't You just can't keep going like this. Just can't do it. 215-383-3687. I'm going to pose the question here for you guys. Feel free to call in. What, in your opinion, do the Packers absolutely have to do this offseason to be better? If there was one thing, I'm not talking about multiple changes, I'm talking about one change this off season that you would like to see the Packers make. What would that be? 215-383-3687 is the number to call into the Hewitt moving and storage hotline. We're going to take another short break here. I want you to think about that question. Okay, guys, really think about that question. You could make one change in the offseason. What would it be? We got lots more real score coming up after the break. Stick around. Hi friends. This is former Bulls Rebounding champ, The Worm. Are you a large male like myself? Do you have a hard time finding a pretty dress that fits? Are you unsure what you're going to wear to your next meeting with the leader of North Korea? There is a solution. Worm gowns. Custom-made wedding-style gowns for large males like yourself. Take it from The Worm. You'll look pretty. Worm gowns is not a real product, and this advertisement should not be taken seriously. back ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we've got about 30 minutes left jeez i've been talking for an hour and a half there is i mean i'm i'm talking to myself at this point there's no way that you guys have stuck around for an hour and a half of this nonsense i mean i'm having a hard time sticking around for this nonsense i'm down to one final cup of coffee here and it's just about cold so we're hanging in there we're barely hanging in there um before the break, I, I, I posed a question. If there was one change that you could make, what would it be? Again, 215-383-3687 is a number to call on the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. Tell me what you think. Okay, if there was one change, one change that I would make, I bet a lot of you wouldn't be able to guess what that one change is. Elliot Wolf. That's the one change I make. I take Elliot Wolf and I make him the GM. Ted Thompson's out. First of all, Ted Thompson is a dinosaur. I mean, Ted Thompson is a dinosaur. Ah,
0: That's so funny. Last time I heard that, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur.
1: It's funny because... The last time Ted Thompson did laugh so hard, he, he fell off his dinosaur. Like, I don't know how this guy has survived multiple ice ages, but somehow he's still around. I mean, it's like, he's like a cockroach. I mean, you just, you can't get rid of him. It's just time. It's time for Ted to go. That's the one change that I would make this off season. If I had to pick one thing, only one thing I could do. I would say bring Elliot Wolf in, or promote Elliott Wolf, and let go of Ted Thompson. And then say, Okay, McCarthy, all right. Now we've changed some things in the front office here. Okay. If Elliott Wolf decides to keep McCarthy on, which he may or may not, you know, I, I realistically I think if Thompson goes, McCarthy goes. As does the rest, of the rest of the staff. But it may be something where if Elliot Wolf takes over, he says, okay, coach, all right. Now you've got a new front office here. Now I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make it work for you. It's on you to coach these guys up. I'll get you the players you want, I will put the talent on the field. All right. You've just got to go out there and try to make it work. So we'll see. What do you think? Two one five three 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 six eight seven is the number once again to call into the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. I'll tell you, phones are ringing off the hook, folks. Um, I've got 14 caller. Oh, wait, no, I have zero callers right now. Come on, guys. Work with me here. Now, if you're too embarrassed to get in the air with the millions of listeners that we have currently, that's fine. Shoot me an email, realscoreradio@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Um, you can also post on the Real Scores Facebook page. Uh, go to Facebook and type in at Real Score Radio. Any questions, comments, concerns? Again, constructive or destructive criticism is always welcome. Now, going back to Elliot Wolf, right? Um, I think this is very interesting, and I'm going to tell you why because what is the one regret that Ron Wolf said he had? Okay. He said, I wish I had put more players around Brett Favre to give us a chance to win more championships. Now you better believe, okay. I'm telling you right now, you better believe that Elliot has heard that. And I would really hope that he, that he wouldn't make that same mistake, you know, I mean, here his dad admits that this is the one mistake I had. I could have, I could have done so much better. Do you really think the son's going to follow in the same footsteps and make the same mistake? I don't think so. I, I really honestly don't think so. Um, it, it it could be very interesting because like I said, ultimately, I, I think that what probably happens is when, when Thompson goes, McCarthy goes, ultimately, I think that's what happens. But, could be interesting. It's the one thing that I would change. I'll tell you what, we are a little late for this, but uh, we had some technical difficulties, um, but we do have, I believe, Jim Bob uh, queued up and ready to go. Is that right? Yeah, my, my producer, me, is giving me the thumbs up on that one. Yes, we do have Jim Bob ready to go. Um, when we were talking about the Lions a little bit. Um, you know, we talked kind of how they're doing what they're doing. And... You know, Mr. Skrilla obviously was in a tight spot there when we tried to get to him. Uh, we're going to try to get him back next week um, if, if we can. I mean, hopefully everything's okay. But there is another guy here that has an idea of, of how the Lions are getting it done. Okay. And, yes, it is time for another episode of Jim Bob Gruden's Long Snapper Camp.
0: Welcome to the camp, the Long Snapper Camp with Jim Bob Gruden.
1: That's right, boys and girls. It is time for another edition of Jim Bob Gruden's Long Snapper Camp. Jim Bob, you're going to talk a little bit today about the Lions' Long Snapper. Um, Go ahead, buddy. Tell us what you got. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. I want to tell you something today about this guy, Don Molbeck, man. Let me tell you something about this guy. Six foot four, 258 pounds out of Texas A&M, home of Lufkin, Texas. Used to take my family on vacation in Lufkin back in the 80s. Real nice place. Guy's got 13 years of experience, okay? 35 years old. This guy's got a lot of gray hairs, man. You ever take his helmet off? That head is full of gray hairs, man. But I want to tell you something. This is the sole reason that the Detroit Lions are winning football games, man. I mean, you take one look at this guy, and he's got a very well-developed Jerusalem scapulous muscle on his backside, man. And just like Garrison Sanborn last week, this guy was born to snap the football, man. Thanks again for having me on, Mike. Sorry about your Packers last night. Have a good day. Thanks a lot, Jim Bob. I I appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you. Um, Is it just me or was Jim Bob getting kind of lazy? I mean, it sounds like Garrison Sandboard and this, whatever, Don Mulbeck guy have a, the same very well-developed cerugium scapulus muscle. I mean, Jim Bob, buddy, there, there's other muscles that you can make up, right? It's getting lazy. Also, I, I don't know if perhaps that was Susan that was actually calling in from the UP because I sensed quite a bit of youper um, in Jim Bob. Um, maybe he went up north for for opening morning of deer season. I'm not sure, and it kind of rubbed off on him. But I, either way, you know what? It, good stuff as always, Jim Bob, and we thank you at the Real Score for joining us uh, consistently like this. And we we really look forward to another episode of Jim Bob Gruden's Long Snipper Camp um, airing next Monday. Um, you know, gosh, the Lions. Lions, Vikings, Packers, Bears. It's tough, guys. Um, it, it really is. You know, and it's not getting any easier. You know, I don't know if you guys, for those of you that, that did tune in last night to the Pack Attack backtrack, first of all, thank you um, for the three or four of you that did tune in. Um, second of all, I want to replay this audio because this, this, this is really, this hits home for me. Okay. Um, this is audio that our, in-house sideline reporter got from mike mccarthy and the question was posed last night um, before halftime you know coach what do you think that the players think of you Um, are you concerned that they agree with you that they like you that they respect you and how are you getting along with these players and how are you keeping them focused and what he said give him credit was was very honest and i really have a lot of respect for mccarthy for saying this because he spoke from the heart and it was clear. So listen in. Do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked, but it's not like this compulsive need to be liked, like my need to be praised. Yep. Honest, honest stuff right there. You know, like I said last night, it's, um, He's a highly successful football coach. And if you don't believe me, just ask him, and he's, he'll tell you. Jeez. Wow, we have spent a lot of time on football, haven't we? It feels good, though. It feels good. You know, the, um, the Bucs uh, suffered kind of a tough loss against Golden State on Saturday. Um, hey, with 10 seconds left, they were down by two. And the Bucks are proving that they're a pesky team, aren't they? Um, I'm going to stick by my original prediction and say that, that we're going to be all right. You know, like Aaron Rodgers says, R-E-L-A-X. Or when asked how he spells relief, he says F-A-R-T. But I think the Bucks are going to be okay. It's early. There's still 860 games in the NBA season left. So don't freak out anybody. Um, hey, they, I mean, they gave, they gave Golden State all they could handle. Um, you know, it's funny before the game, Steph Curry kind of sarcastically asked coach Kerr if, if, he thought the Bucks fans would show up in a 10 and three t-shirt, you know, kind of mocking uh, last year when Milwaukee sported the 24 and one t-shirts and they won. You know, they ultimately handed the uh, Warriors their their first loss of the season, and they almost did it again on Saturday. Now Milwaukee's five and seven, um, but there's there's some there's some light here, guys. There really is. You know, for for, the, for you Buck fans out there, um, there's some light here. Uh, they're they're getting better. They they have, they have energy for the most part. Um, you know, I mean, geez, the Bucks went on a twenty-one to five run to close out the first quarter. Uh, I mean, they've got they've got the talent, they've got the energy. I think they've got the leadership. It's just kind of getting it all together. They got the magic tonight. Um, they look to bounce back, you know, over that loss. One twenty four, one twenty one. If you guys look around the league, some of these scores are getting ridiculous. I mean, there is no defense being played for the most part. One twenty four to one twenty one. I mean, I I knew that that Golden State was, defense is not high on their priority list but 124 to 121 245 points if my math is correct in a basketball game that's quite a bit good stuff that's about all we're going to spend on basketball because like i said there's 860 games left to go in the basketball season as the season goes on uh we're going to talk more basketball but for now let's just see what happens same thing with college basketball um the Badgers, real quick on college basketball, are in Maui uh, today. They have a game in Maui today against Tennessee, I believe, for the Maui Gym Invitational. Now, Maui is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from me right now. Um, and I was really considering flying over to check out the game. Um, I went online. I, I, you know, I, I know what the flights are. I went online. I checked the ticket prices. $170 apiece are the cheapest tickets. Give me a break. No, thanks. I'll I'll catch the highlights, $170 a ticket, plus airfare there and back. I mean, she's, you know, damn near $350 by the time all is said and done to watch a Badgers game in Maui. Unreal. Well, we've got about 20 minutes left here of the show. Um, I am down to, like I said, one half cup of coffee now that is ice cold um i'm going to take a short break again here and uh 215-383-3687 is the number to call into the hewitt moving and storage hotline um when we come back from the break we're going to get to everybody's favorite segment um and that is this is why i suck um the phone lines are open okay guys after the break i will take some calls Should anyone decide to call in, we got lots more real score coming up after the break. Hi, friends. This is former Bulls rebounding champ, The Worm. Are you a large male like myself? Do you have a hard time finding a pretty dress that fits? Are you unsure what you're going to wear to your next meeting with the leader of North Korea? There is a solution. Worm gowns. Custom-made wedding-style gowns for large males like yourself. Take it from the worm. You'll look pretty. Worm gowns is not a real product, and this advertisement should not be taken seriously. And welcome back. Um, as you've probably noticed, uh, Worm Gowns actually paid uh, quite a bit of money to the show to get that extra spot in there. So um, I also want to, you know, kind of give them a little plug and, and thank them for donating so much to the show. Um, their $5 donation really uh, got this legal pad in front of me. Um, it, it made it possible for me to have this legal pad and, and this red pen that I have sitting next to me. So thank you to Worm Gowns, folks. Uh, for all your large male wedding gown style needs, um, contact the Worm at Worm Gowns. Uh, concerned what you're going to wear to your next meeting with the leader of North Korea, Worm Gowns has got you covered, guys. So uh, big shout out to Worm Gowns for that. Um, I also want to give a shout out before we get into this is why I suck to a uh, very special friend, um, Todd Hewitt. Um, for those of you that don't know Todd, uh, Todd, is, uh, uh, is um, Todd is a huge part of the show. And this is not a joke. Todd is a huge part of the show. He is uh, kind of the behind-the-scenes guy and and it's difficult for him right now to make an appearance on this show live um, but, you know, just so everyone knows that there, he is a huge part and uh, he comes up with some of the great ideas that we have on this show um, and he comes up with some of the hideous ideas that we have on the show as well that um, I think are great. So, um, big shout out to Todd Hewitt. Todd, thank you for everything you do for this uh, disgusting radio program and uh, I look forward to uh, our continued working relationship. Todd and I have actually been um, friends for uh, a long time, uh, really since, geez, we were in kindergarten. So um, Todd is the guy that I kind of bounce ideas off of. And uh, really big shout out to Todd. Thank you for, um, for everything that you're doing to, to help me keep this train rolling here. Um, we're gonna move on now, okay? We don't have any calls. Uh, I'm a little bummed out about that, but the calls will come. If you put the number out, they will come but we are going to move into our segment it's time for me to dive in to the voicemail box of the real score and really take some voicemails from some valued listeners so it is time for another edition of this is why i suck I suck. This is why. I suck. This is why. This is why. I suck. This is why. I suck. This is why. I suck. This is why. This is why. This is why. I suck. Because
0: I'm Let me tell you why I suck.
1: Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, another episode of This Is Why I Suck. We are going to dig into the voicemail box here. And we actually have a voicemail box from Tony Stromboli, I I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, from New York. Let's see what Tony has to say. Like, I just want to say that this is by far the worst radio program I've ever heard. You suck. And thank you very much for that, Tony. Uh your feedback is always appreciated and as normal, as usual, I, I will not take it into consideration, so thank you for nothing. Throw that one away. Was that Bernie Sanders? Or was that Hey, was was that, was that actually Bernie Sanders or was that Tony Strumbull? Okay. Well, it, that may have been Bernie Sanders guys. I don't know for sure. I'm not sure what he's doing these days, uh, but that may have been Bernie Sanders from, from Vermont. I I don't know. Um, Listen, we're going to close this out. Okay. It, it's been a good show. We spent a lot of time on football and that's okay. All right. Let's be honest. That's really what matters this time of year. Right. I want to thank you guys so much for, tuning in. Those of you that did tune in, um, I want to remind you that all of my shows are available on demand anytime at blogtalkradio.com realscore, or you can go to iTunes. That's right, folks, iTunes. That's how famous I am right now. You can find me on iTunes. Go to iTunes podcast, search The Real Score Radio. You will see that ridiculous picture of my cartoon bearded face with glasses laughing at some ridiculous joke that I just told myself. You can click on that picture and you can listen on demand to all of my podcasts, all of my shows. Um, Join me next week. Okay. I was going to do the pack attack backtrack. Okay. um, On, on Monday night after the Packer game, I think what we're going to do is we're going to push that show um, to a pregame show. uh, And we're going to condense it to one show, on monday morning so i want to ask you guys to please join me again next monday same bad time same bad channel for more rants definitely more skewed opinions and i for sure some more shoddy journalism we may even have some really lazy commentary from jim bob gruden again so it's exciting folks it really is we're we're getting off the ground here i appreciate those of you that have stepped on board for those of you that are not on board yet hop on board guys hopefully today you laughed hopefully you cried but most importantly most importantly hopefully you will remember to always be all about that action boss we will see you next time